Hello everyone, my name is Zach Rodier and welcome to episode 16 of the Quarantine Hockey HQ Podcast. Now the qualifying round has officially ended and I'm excited to recap all of that with you today. We have play-by-play for the Vegas Golden Knights, Dave Gosher, who previewed the qualifying round with us. Uh, I will also be talking about the draft lottery. We find out who gets the number one overall pick. I'll talk about some other things regarding the bubble. And plus, we have some fan reactions from across the hockey community. We have many different fans who are coming on and speak with me about their thoughts on their team's performance during the qualifying round. I'm excited for that, Uh, but I think it's going to be a great show, and we're going to continue QWHQ score recap uh, tomorrow, where we will uh, be recapping the four round one games that are happening today and of course we'll preview those ones for you uh at the end of the episode as well but without further ado let's get right into the recap with dave gosher of the vegas golden knights enjoy sure the quarantine hockey hu podcast excited to welcome back the tv uh, play-by-play voice of the Vegas Golden Knights, Dave Gosher. He previewed the qualifying round with us, and we're excited to um, recap it all right now. Dave, thanks for coming on with your busy schedule. All right, Jack, you got it. So let's get started. Uh, how do you think you did uh, we, when we recap these? We, uh, how many do you think you got correct, team-wise? Uh, probably, uh, I probably did poorly. That would we were, be my guess. We were both four for eight. Uh, 50%. Not so not bad. So let's get started. Um, let's go quickly here. Uh, let's start with Chicago and Edmonton, fivers 12. Uh, we both said Edmonton in four. Um, obviously, Chicago won the series in four. What were your thoughts on the series? Yeah, you know, I thought that um, Edmonton has a hard time defending Zach, and I thought that was, that was an issue in the series. Uh, you know, Chicago still has, if you look at some of their best players, I mean, that guys with Stanley Cup pedigrees, right, with Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane and, and Duncan Keith. And I, I think the pause probably did them good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then you got Corey Crawford, who uh, made it through COVID uh, and a two-time cup winner in his own right. Um, not an easy task to keep guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl at, at bay for the most part. I know McDavid had a hat trick in game two, but I just thought the best players for Chicago – um, you know, Dominic Kubelik certainly would be on that list with a huge uh, game one. And, um, you know, they were, they were better than the, the Edmonton's top players. And, you know, I think for the, for the Oilers, unfortunately, their playoff struggles and their lack of success over the last decade plus continues. And uh, we'll hear, uh, we'll see tomorrow. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights will then play the Chicago Blackhawks, and we'll talk about that later. And by the way, uh, before we get into anything else, got to say when I'm watching NBC and hearing your voice calling the Vegas games in the round robin, that was pretty nice to hear. But now let's go to the National Predators in Arizona. Nashville was six, Arizona was 11. Dave, you said Arizona in four. I said Arizona in five. You were correct. It was Arizona in four. What were your thoughts? Yeah, and I thought for Arizona, you know, their their ability to get good goaltending from from Darcy Kemper, I, I thought was huge. Uh, it seems with Nashville, there's kind of a changing of the guard there. They went to UC Soros. Um, you know, I know Pecorino get in there for a little bit, but it just mm-hmm. didn't seem like uh, Nashville's had a strange year. And I thought yeah. that even before when we were talking, they never 
I don't know. They never really seemed to gain a ton of momentum. And I thought that was the case in the series. I, I know there was one of the games that they were out shooting Arizona, maybe 12 or 13, the one in the first period, and they were down one nothing. And to me, that kind of just encapsulized how their season went. Um, I'd be curious to see, you know, they made the big trade before this past season, uh, trading P.K. Subban. But yep. there's something, seems like they might be a team that's in transition a little bit. Certainly, certainly in net, but maybe in some other areas as well. And what were your thoughts on playing Saros instead of Rene quickly? I saw I, I I didn't have a problem with it, Zach. I kind of thought that was the direction they might go in. Rene, as good as he's been in his career for Nashville, and and the numbers speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year was a different story. He he had a he, it was a struggle for him this year, and I think that was something that my guess is when John Hines looked at it, and like every coach, who gives you the best chance to win, be it goaltending or at whatever position, but especially in that. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't surprised by it because I think that's probably the, the the wave of the future for them in Nashville. Yep, and now Arizona will be playing Colorado in the first round. So now let's go to the Vancouver Canucks and the Minnesota Wild. Uh, Dave, uh, you said Vancouver in three. I said Vancouver in three. We were right about the team, but wrong in the games because it was Vancouver in four. What were your thoughts? Yeah, and I think for for Vancouver, Jacob Markstrom's had a terrific year. Uh, you can make an argument. He could be in that mix for the Vesna. Obviously, he's not a finalist, but mm-hmm. um, a big part of their success, terrific young players with, you know, you look at Brock Besser and, and Quinn Hughes, um, Bo Horvat in that mix. They, they've, I don't know if it's their time right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Vancouver, my, my sense is no. I did think they were better than Minnesota because I think Minnesota's another team that just could not gain a lot of traction this year. But you know, for the Canucks with the kind of the young nucleus they're trying to build around, um, I think we saw just how good that nucleus is now and is going to be in the future. And now the Vancouver Canucks, they will be playing the St. Louis Blues in the first round. Um, now the Calgary Flames in the Winnipeg Jets. We both said Winnipeg in five. We were wrong about the games and the team because it was Calgary in four. What were your thoughts on this game uh, in this series? Obviously, Winnipeg was definitely injured a lot. Yeah, neither of us saw Patrick Laine and Mark Scheifele getting injured in the first game, right? No, nope, so, but that's hockey, right? Yeah, I think um, – and for, you know, a Jets team that really had a tumultuous year when, you know, it's been well documented, all their losses on defense. Uh, but then you take out two of their best offensive players in mm-hmm. Scheifele and Laine uh, in the first game. I think uh, you kind of figured they were going to be they were going to be up against it, uh, and they were. You know, and you look at somebody like Matthew Kachuk, and I'm not one of those that thinks that what happened with with yeah. Shifley was deliberate. I, I just I don't believe that. But yeah, me either. Be, be that as it may, um, you know, the Flames. I think they could do a little bit of damage. I'm not sold in net yet on on what they've got there between mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> between Riddick and, and Talbot, but. Sometimes, some nights, they're able to kind of outscore some of their problems defensively, and they were able to do that against Winnipeg. And now they will play the Dallas Stars in the first round. Now let's go to the next series. Let's move to the East, uh, the Montreal Canadiens and the Pittsburgh Penguins. We talked about how this could be a little uh, controversial. We talked about how Price could steal the series. We were wrong, though. Uh, we said, you said pens and four, so you write about the number. I said pens and five. Um, but Montreal won the series in four. What were your thoughts on this crazy series yeah it shows you what we know right yeah. it's uh yeah. we were both wrong well and i think it's 
you know, one of the one of the cool things that's come out of this, Zach, is that you know the the upsets, right? You get the 12th yeah. seed in the West, Chicago, and the 12th seed in the East, in Montreal, advancing. Um, a, a couple of parts of it for me, I, I think, probably the turning point would have been in Game Three when you know the Penguins had a two goal lead and and, and blew yeah. it and lost the game. We'll talk about blow a blow blowing leads later. In yeah, the term, exactly. But, yeah. Um, you know, the overtime winning game one, Jeff Petrie with a huge goal. Uh, Carey Price was fantastic for Montreal. Goaltending issues in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Matt Murray goes the first three games. They turn to Tristan Jari with the season on the line. Um, and, and I don't know, you know, there's been some talk since that series ended of, is the window starting to close for the Penguins? I, I'm one that tends to think it is. Uh, you know, they made a big trade before this last season, mm-hmm. shipping out Phil Kessel. I wonder if they need to shake it up a bit more. You know, it's been a heck of a run for that core group. And they didn't get Lafiniere, so. No, they did not, right? So, uh, you know, and so what's that change? Do they trade somebody like Malkin? Do they trade Latang? Do they make a significant move to try to change the mix? I guess that remains to be seen. But it it, it looked like a team that something's off. Something's mm-hmm. just not not right there, uh, whatever that may be. And, and we'll see as we, as we move forward down the line. And uh, yes or no question. Um, Montreal and Chicago, they were both the 12 seeds. They wouldn't make the playoffs. Usually do they deserve to be in this playoffs? And if they win, are they legitimate champions? Oh yeah, I think so. I mean, look, I, I don't know how fair any of this is right to mm-hmm. uh, all of us, but in the times we're living in, look, if it, if, if one of those teams, advances and wins any of the teams, especially that were in the qualifiers, you're talking 19 wins, right? Not Uh the traditional 16 to win the Stanley cup. So yeah, I mean, I, I understood that uh, these are not normal times and normally these teams wouldn't be in the playoffs, but if you're going to win 19 games now to win a Stanley cup, that's uh, you know, that's really saying something. All right. And the next one, this was, we're going in a slump now. We were wrong about Montreal-Pittsburgh. We were wrong about Carolina and New York. You said the Rangers in four. I said the Rangers in five. And we were wrong about everything because it was Carolina in three. What happened with the Rangers and how dominant is this Carolina team? What were your thoughts on this series? Yeah, well, I think that the issue was not goaltending for, for the Rangers, right? It, it was a storyline, but it turned out that wasn't the case. I mean, Shesterkin couldn't play the first couple of games. Lundqvist did, thought he was pretty good. Shesterkin did play the third game. I think it was more, uh, you know, Artemi Panarin was pretty quiet in that series. Some of the better players for uh, Zibanejad I thought was good. Kreider was good. Um, but they never, you know, I read some of the comments of David Quinn, their head coach, after the series was over. They were never able to really get back to the pace of their game and the energy in their game that they had before the pause. You know, they had made a good run right before the season went on pause. So, um, so what happened was, I think I underestimated uh, how good Carolina is, especially yeah. that line of Ajo, Sveshnikov, and Teravainen. Uh, they were lights out the entire series. Um, they were into it right away. They hit mm-hmm. right off the bat. Brady Shea on Jesper Faust. Uh, so, yeah, I think for Carolina, without Dougie Hamilton, was able to compensate for that loss. Yeah, a very good team. And yep. um, and just for my money, because, you know, it is my old stomping grounds, I think are going to give 
uh, Boston all that they can handle in that series. Oh, yeah, that's in, in a rematch of last year. That's going to be a really fun series to watch. Like you said, Boston and Carolina will play. Montreal Canadiens will play Philadelphia, who's the number one seed. Florida and New York. You said New York in three. I said New York in three. Uh, it was New York in four. Um, what were your thoughts on this series? Yeah, some of the best players for the Islanders, you know, were able to get the job done. Mm-hmm. I thought Anthony Beauvillier, who's – uh, I, I think maybe a little bit unheralded. You know, you, you think of Matt Barzell, you think of Anders Lee, um, you know, you, you think of guys of that ilk that do a lot of the damage for them up front. Mm-hmm. I thought Beauvillier had a fantastic series. Um, again, the Panthers had a hard time really getting to their game. Sergei Bobrovsky was hit and miss in net. Um, you know, the goal of Beauvillier scored in game yep. four. Back His to name the net. came up a lot, Beauvillier. Yeah. yeah. Uh, back to the net, backhand on the goal line. You have to have a save there. And I think for the Panthers, it's, um, you know, can, there, there's not much room for error when you're playing the Islanders as it is. Yep. How tight they play defensively. Uh, so when you give up the occasional bad goal, um, you don't really give yourself much of a mm-hmm. chance. So, again, the I guess the search for answers continues there. Obviously, a, a GM change with Dale Talon leaving. Yep. We'll get but, to that um, later in the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah for the Islanders – uh, not a huge surprise because uh, I think they're very well coached. They play terrific defensively and, and some opportunistic offense has kind of been their recipe for success here over the last couple of years. And I thought for, for mall of, uh, for the New York Islanders was fantastic. Um, the Islander, like you said, Florida, they changed their GM um, and they did not get the number one pick. Now I saved the series that went the only one that went to the best of five for last uh, that went to game five. Um, the Columbus Blue Jackets in Toronto. We both said Columbus Blue Jackets in five, and we both got this one exactly correct. Before I you give your thoughts on this one, just to note, Toronto only scored three five-on-five goals the whole series. What were your thoughts on this crazy series? Two shutouts in the first game, then the next two each came back from a three-goal deficit, and then we finished off with a game five last night. Let me ask you a question. How was your mood after game four? Ah, I don't want to talk about it. It was not good. Uh, I don't really want to talk about that. I I was shocked. I was mad. Uh, And I'm really happy that they won game five, or I don't know how I would have been feeling right now. Yeah, well, in full credit, look, to to the Blue Jackets, to John Tortorella and that staff. And, and, you know, somebody like Nick Foligno, who I think is probably a pretty understated, unheralded, underheralded captain, maybe, Mm -hmm. if, if that's the way to put it. Um, but I thought the way they handled coming back after losing game four, you know, and it, it's, yep. it's a three goal lead, but it's a three goal lead with just under four minutes left and they score three goals with the goalie pulled and then lose it in overtime. You've got to, you've got to have a lot of mental toughness as a team and yep. as a staff to be able to turn that around. And they did that. So full marks to them. And I, you know, I, I read somewhere it was, uh, it was interesting that uh, I think the tweet I read from somebody the other day was, so the three big guns that left Columbus, Bobrovsky, yeah. Duchesne, and Panarin are all done, right? They're all yeah. out, and the Blue Jackets are still going on. So, yeah, full marks to them. Um, you know, and, they're, and, and I guess so we got to look at the other side of it too, Zach, for, for the Leafs. Yeah. Um, still a lot of question marks. Still a lot Lots of question, of question marks. marks. Yeah. You know, a lot of talent, world-class skill. And they still, you know, there's something that's not, there's something missing. 
I think there's a grit that's missing from their game. There's an ability to defend that is certainly missing from their game. And, um, you know, I think we saw that as, as the series went on. But, uh, you know, terrific job by the Blue Jackets to be able to put what could have been a devastating defeat uh, mm-hmm. behind them and, and move on to, to the, you know, into the, into the first round. Yeah, and we're not going to talk about the round robin because we don't have enough time for that. Uh, but we have one more minute here. So if that's okay with you, I'm just going to go rapid fire, uh, give you the series for round one. You give me uh, how many games and who you think is going to win. Are you ready to get started? Sure. Okay, Philly and Montreal. Let's say Philly and five. Okay, Tampa and the, the Columbus Blue Jackets in a rematch from last year. I would say right now with Stamkos a question mark and Hedman a question mark, Columbus and six. Okay. Washington and the New York Islanders. Hmm. Capitals and six. Okay. The Boston Bruins and the Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina in six. In six. Okay. The Vegas Gold Knights in Chicago. You can sp- uh, skip this one if you'd like. No, 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 no. I no, I like Vegas' chances, Zach. Yeah. I mean, I think they are. Uh, I'd agree. I think it's Vegas and Colorado have kind of emerged as the two top teams out west. So I, I would take uh, the Golden Knights in five. Okay, Colorado and Arizona. Same deal, Colorado in five. Dallas and Calgary. Mm. Yeah. Calgary in seven. Okay, first game seven and. The defending Stanley Club champion, St. Louis Blues and the Vancouver Canucks. I'd say St. Louis in six. All right. Well, Dave, you, you heard them all here. We'll see how you do uh, in the next round. Uh, hopefully, maybe you'll be more than four for eight in this one. Uh, so excited to see how this one turns out. Hopefully, you'll be five for eight or something like that. And I'm sure it's been different uh, calling the games on monitors, but Thank you so much uh, for your time. I'm interested to see how the Golden Knights do against uh, Chicago. So uh, thank you so much, and stay safe and stay healthy. All right, pleasure, Zach. Uh, good to be with you. It wasn't a stellar performance this last go-around, so we'll see if I can do better here in round well, one. Well, it was still great, and I uh, can't wait to hear it. All right, take care of yourself. Thanks, you too. I hope you enjoyed the qualifying round recap with the Vegas Golden Knights TV play-by-play voice, Dave Gosher. Dave, thank you so much for coming on. I know you have so much going on, so I really, really appreciate you coming on. Um, I hope you guys, the listeners, enjoyed that. And the next part, I'm really, really excited for. After the qualifying round, we have many fans from across the hockey community that wanted to make their voice heard um, around the NHL. And so I had many different fans come on from many different hockey communities to give their win or lose, to give their reaction on what their franchise did during this qualifying round and what they can do going forward. Uh, Each fan also gave their reaction of who they think could really make a run for it in the playoffs besides their team. But before we do that, I do want to talk about some other NHL news. Today, we did find out that the number one pick of the NHL draft is going to the New York Rangers. This was in the draft lottery where the Pittsburgh Penguins, Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Edmonton Oilers all had chances of getting the first overall pick. But the New York Rangers will most likely have projected first round pick Alexis Lafreniere, with, along with uh, Artemi Panarin, Capo Caco, Sabana Jed, 
Shosturkin, Georgiev, Lundqvist at this point. I, I think that's going to be really big for the New York Rangers franchise. Obviously, they didn't get what they wanted um, with against the round with the Carolina Hurricanes, but they now have the first overall pick, and this is huge for their franchise. In other NHL news, we do know that the NHL has zero positive tests at this point uh, today um, after going through the bubble for two weeks. Uh, after the Florida Panthers were eliminated again by the New York Islanders, we have official confirmation today that the Florida Panthers have relieved uh, Talon, the general manager of the Florida Panthers, of his duties. They are right now having a full search for the floor, for their general manager position and don't have one at this time. So it's going to be interesting. Florida, they made the moves with Quinville and Bobrovsky. And they didn't get the overall pick, uh, the first overall pick uh, from the draft lottery. So they're going to have to do some thinking um, after what happened. Um, bubble life looks pretty nice in the NHL. Everything, The bubbles went from 12 teams to 8 now. They lost 4 of them. Uh, some teams got to move into different hotels where the better teams were living if they wanted to. Some didn't. Some did. Some didn't. Um, but, you know, I, I think things are looking pretty good for them uh, in the league, in the bubble. Fans are having a great time. Um, I do recommend there is Kastner Kasaku. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, he's a Toronto Maple Leafs player. He has some great, great vlogs on his YouTube channel. Um, he is a backup goaltender for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and he has like basically video of everything that's happening in the bubble. Obviously, now that Toronto gets eliminated, got eliminated, we're not going to see any more of those. But during that time, when they were in the bubble, I think those were fantastic, fantastic videos. Really recommend you listen to those. Um, you know, but in the NHL, I'm so excited for that, for the first round. Um, I'm just going to go a little bit more in depth after talking with Dave Gosher about the qualifying round. Chicago and Edmonton, no one really expected that. Uh, you know, it's going to be pretty exciting to see what happens uh, if Chicago can really get to Vegas. I, I really don't think they can, to be honest with you. I think Vegas is really strong. They're one of the hottest teams in the NHL right now. I think Vegas can get a few, that Chicago can win one or two. I would say Vegas in five or six. Heck, I'll just go with six games. Um, Nashville and Arizona, Nashville, I, I talked, we talked about it with Dave Gosher really did not have much to offer Arizona one and four. I think Arizona was just a lot stronger. They're going to be playing the Colorado avalanche. I honestly think Colorado and five because I, I just think the Colorado avalanche are such a, such a strong team. Um, and that's why I chose them. Um, because I think even though they did really well in the first series, I think Colorado is just going to be too much for them. Not saying that Colorado is bigger than Vegas. I don't know. I think we may find out in the conference finals later on, but you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, the Vancouver Canucks and the Minnesota wild Minnesota really didn't have anything to offer there. Vancouver won, like I said with Dave, um, Vancouver is going to be playing, uh, the, Call the St. Louis Blues, the defending Stanley Cup champions. Um, I would say this one in six, St. Louis. 
just because I firmly believe that the St. Louis Blues are still rusty, but I think they're going to find their game and they're going to win the series easily uh, once they find their game. Calgary versus Winnipeg. Winnipeg couldn't do anything with those injuries. And uh, Calgary, I think they're going, they're playing Dallas. I think that could go to a game seven. But I think, um, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll do Calgary in seven games. Minnesota and Pittsburgh, we all, uh, Montreal and Pittsburgh, we all know what happened there. They'll be playing Philly. I would say Philly in five um, because I think uh, Montreal could win a game or two, uh, but I would say they'll only win one. Um, but I think, you know, Philly is just too hot of a team. Carolina, New York, we all know what happened in Carolina. I talked about it with Dave. Uh, I would say Carolina beating Boston in six games. Six or seven, but I would probably say six. You know what? I'll say seven. Um, but I think, again, Car- Boston was really rusty in that round robin. Uh, and I think Carolina is just too hot of a team. Florida New- in the Islanders. Florida, in my opinion, didn't look great all this series, even in their win. Um, the Islanders will be playing Washington. Mm, I got to go with the Islanders. I'm sorry uh, to Washington fans, but I think that's going to go to a game seven. I think they're really close, but I think if the Islanders get that first goal, every time the Islanders will win that game because they're so great defensively and Barry Trotz. Blue Jackets in Toronto, we all know how crazy of a series that was. That went into a game five. Columbus is rematching Tampa. Uh, you know I live in Columbus, so it's a little biased when I say this, but Columbus in six. Um, just because of the uncertainty of Hedman. Um, and the we don't know how long Steven Stamkos is going to be out as well. And the Blue Jackets are riding hot, and they only have one day break in between the series, so they're going to be riding in hot. Um, but that's all the re- previews of the series. I'm going to obviously, I can't wait to see what happens uh, in the round one. There's going to be some back to backs there. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to see what happens in round one. And I can't wait that you guys are now going to be able to hear the fan reactions from across the hockey community. Um, this is a really fantastic segment that I have. And right after these fan reactions, um, I'm going to preview tomorrow today's games on QWHQ score recap. It will be a replay from yesterday's QWHQ score recap. Um, and then, uh, of course, we'll see you next week on Quarantine Hockey HQ episode 17. I can't believe it's already been 16 weeks. And uh, But without further ado, let's get you in to the first series um, that we will be breaking down. Um, it is the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Montreal Canadiens. We will start with Andrew Rich, who is a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, and then we'll go to Ian Rodier, um, who is a Montreal Canadiens fan. Then we'll go to the Toronto Maple Leafs and Columbus Blue Jackets series. We'll start with Jaden Beard, who's a Columbus fan. Then we'll go to Thurman Zarek, who lives in Toronto, is an Leafs fan. And then we'll go to Ben Gordon at the end um, with a round-robin reaction of his Washington Capitals. And then, uh, like I said, we'll go to QWHQ score recap. But without further ado, let's get you right into the fan reaction, starting with Andrew Rich from Fox Chapel, Pennsylvania. Enjoy. 
All right, so now one of our first fan reactions will be from a Pittsburgh Penguins fan. His name is Andrew Rich. He lives in Pittsburgh, uh, and he watches a lot of the Pittsburgh Penguins games in person and on TV. And uh, Andrew, I don't think you can be uh, so excited about – I mean, yes, you're coming on the podcast, but you can't be so excited about talking about this uh, Penguins loss against the Montreal Canadiens. Absolutely not. It was, uh, it was difficult to watch, uh, to say the least. It was one of the worst – Penguins games I've ever watched, and I think uh, they need they need to figure some stuff out. And when did you start? I know they lost game one, the Penguins. Yes, Montreal, did. we we didn't we didn't really know that they could even do this. What when did you start to feel that this could be a tough series for the Penguins? Was it at game one or after game one? Did you feel it's fine? We'll just win the next three. My first reaction after game one was just, you know, they might be rusty or whatever after coming off a long break after the four-month quarantine or whatever. But we've seen this in the past with the Penguins where they, they play down to their opponent's level. So I knew um, in the back of my mind that this was going to be a tough, tough series from the start. Um, after game two, when they, when they won, I was like, all right, maybe they'll turn it around. Um, but they really sucked in game three and game yeah. four. So. <laughs> and uh, was this a Carey Price thing? Because we heard that Carey Price could steal the series. Was it for you watching the Penguins? Was it just Carey Price? Or was it the Montreal Canadiens offense was surprisingly good? And was it also that the Penguins just didn't play their game? It was a combination of all of those. I think Carey Price played a massive part in that win. Um, but the Canadians did a really good job. I, n- I noticed in the first game, like the first like five, ten minutes of the game, the Penguins were dominating. They were getting yeah. into the zone, getting shots on. And then the Canadians figured out how to shut down the neutral zone, which was a big part of, of why they were able to dominate that series. They were able to shut down the Penguins zone entry, and the Penguins couldn't get anything started in the offensive zone. Um, and they were able to capitalize on their chances, and poor defense by the Penguins also played into that. And what about the Penguins goalie? Matt Murray played the first three games, and then you had Tristan Jari playing that fourth one. Should Jari have started at the beginning anyway? Should Jari have come in earlier? Do you think Matt Murray played into the loss? Yeah, um, I don't. I wouldn't say he played into the loss. I don't blame Mike Sullivan for starting him in Game One and Game Two. Game yeah. One, um, I don't think that was his fault at all. There was there was a couple fluky goal or one fluky goal in Game One, and then he just got sniped in that second goal by Nick Suzuki. Um, but I, I don't think it would have been any different. I think Jari did his job in Game Four. He played well as well as he could have. Um, and I think Murray Murray had a rough game in Game Three for sure. Um, that goal by Petrie where he sniped them like from the corner, um, that should not have gone in. That should never go in. But I think, I think Mike Sullivan made the right decision. And Jari, I don't know what would have happened if he played game three, but we'll never know, I guess. Yeah, with that Petrie shot, I was thinking usually, you know, and I'm not a goaltender. You're not a goaltender when you play right. hockey. But sometimes when they hug the post, they should kind of put their head at the post too exactly. because it went between his post and the it, right. And his helmet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, um, but where do the Penguins go from here? Obviously, we're recording this right before the draft lottery tonight. Yes. Um, when this podcast comes out, we'll know who, who gets the, the number one pick. Yeah. But let's say the Penguins don't get Lefanier, which I, hope, I, I think a lot of teams and fans around the NHL hope that is the case because right. Crosby and Lefanier and Malkin and Gensel – would not be very hard for everyone in the league but without the number one pick how do the the penguins go from here they're going to have a long off season 
how do they make sure that they make the playoffs next year and make a run for it? And what do they do with Tristan Jari and Matt Murray? That's, that's the big question with goaltending. Um, I'm not completely sure what they're going to do with that. I think Jari has played better than Murray consistently. Um, and I know a lot of Penguins fans are not fans of Matt Murray. And it's been that way for a while. Even though um, he won two cups? Exactly. And he, he, did, he was a big part of our franchise for a while. Um, but I think – so if the Penguins don't get the first overall pick, they traded away their first-round pick for Zucker in that Zucker trade to the Wild. Mm-hmm. So it's either they get first overall or they don't pick in the first round. And, I mean, for the Penguins, their draft has never been, like, the big deal because we always get, like, 20th or whatever. Um, yeah. it, it all starts for me in Wilkes-Barre with the minor team. And they always do a great job of developing players and getting them up to NHL level. Um, and it's always that next man up mentality. You know, they've got guys like Sam Lafferty um, and, and guys like that and Bluger and Aston Reese that came from Wilkes-Barre that are big role players for the Penguins now. And I think they have to continue doing that if they want to be successful in the future. And honestly, as long as you have Crosby and Malkin and Gensel and Latang all healthy, you're going to be okay. But what do you think was the big loss in this series? Obviously, was it the offense couldn't get going? Or did you start to see, you're talking about Latang, but there's not really known great defensemen in Pittsburgh besides Latang. I mean, in Columbus, you all know Jack Johnson from yeah. Columbus. He went to Pittsburgh. He hasn't been good there either. Honestly, I didn't, he didn't, hasn't been that bad. I mean, he played okay. But like, in this series, I don't think, you know, yeah. I don't think he was the best. But is the defense somewhere something that the Penguins have to focus on specifically? That was, that was part of it. But it was overall just like sloppy play. They couldn't make like 10-foot passes. Um, and they couldn't enter the zone. That was like they couldn't get through the neutral zone cleanly and enter the, the power play was god awful. It was that was some of the worst power play hockey that I have seen from the yeah. Penguins. They used to be like a dominant power play. You give them a power play and it's a goal automatically. And now they can't even enter the zone. Um, I think, um, I mean, you have guys like Justin Schultz. We don't know what's going to happen with him next year with free agency, but um, him and Dumoulin's a big part of our franchise. Um, I think. Latang did not play well at all. I don't really think anyone played well. Um, but defense is definitely a part of it. But I think it was more the offensive side that, that was really the struggle. Yeah, and I, I really don't know. You know, we're going to have someone from Montreal later talk yeah. about their side of the win. And for them, it's, you know, we shouldn't even been in the playoffs. Yeah, We're now going to be playing Philly. As a Penguins fan, do you feel like – angry with this 2014 format that Montreal shouldn't have even been here or are you just accepting it I mean I don't I'm not angry that they won I'm angry how the Penguins just like let them walk all over us yeah but um it's going to be interesting to see what happens in this next series against Philly um because the Flyers are a, a dominant team right now and yeah, that um, that that's my next question I mean Pittsburgh yeah. Penguins fans hate Philly yeah I know they and now they Montreal's just beat Pittsburgh. Who do you cheer for? I honestly I, I don't know. I would love to see Montreal win, but right now the Flyers, the Flyers are my favorite to go all the way this year. Right now, um, they are they are just a deep offensive like threat, and they've got goaltending with Carter Hart and defense, and they're physical, and they've got everything going for them right now. So they're going to be scary. And before we go to your final thoughts, any final thoughts on the Pittsburgh Penguins before we go to the rest of the league? I don't think so. I think they know what they did wrong and that they have some stuff to figure out and we'll, we'll pray for a good result tonight. And my question is, 
I mean, it was Sidney Crosby's birthday in Game Four. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't have performed. They all couldn't have performed for him a little bit more. No, they could not. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Uh, so you said that you thought Philly was one of the favorites. Yeah. Um, who else do you think from the West could be a big threat? I think the Avalanche uh, are going to be are going to be a threat. They've got that young core on offense, and uh, Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen. They're going to be they're going to be some. Or is, is Rantanen playing? Or is he injured? I'm pretty sure he's in. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, him and Landis Cog, and they're all going to be they're all going to be good. St. Louis, you have to watch out for. They're just a physical, hard hitting. Um, they're just they're a good team. Um, obviously trying to defend the cup. Um, Vegas. That's another one. They've got that goaltending with that goaltending duo with Robin Leonard and Flurry. Yeah. Um, so those are those are my favorites from the West. And uh, one more from the East before we go. My favorite from the East, I think, has got to be Carolina. Carolina, yeah. Right. So, but I watching that Rangers and Carolina series, Carolina looked dominant, and I think yeah. the X factor for them is going to be Andrei Svechnikov because he was buzzing in that entire series um, with a hat trick, and I think game four. Uh, so he he and the Carolina Hurricanes are going to be a team to watch out for coming out of the East. And what I talked about earlier in the show, uh, when you weren't on, but I was talking about it with Dave Gosher when we recap, we thought the Rangers would beat Carolina just because of the, right. how that series worked. And then Carolina looked really, really dominant, really uh, sweeping them. Uh, yeah. So I'm excited to see what happens. Obviously, Blue Jackets, Tampa in a rematch, that's going to be a fun one to watch as well. That's- that's a nightmare situation for the Tampa Bay Lightning, I think. Yeah, I'm sure they wanted uh, Toronto to win that series, but obviously that didn't happen. But, Andrew, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, we'll see what happens tonight if the Pens can get Lafreniere. Um, if so, uh, I think the Penguins dynasty will be dangerous in the future. But yep, we'll find out you. what happens. All right, sounds good. Thank you. Thank you. So now after going from a fan from Pittsburgh – Let's go from a fan to a fan in Montreal. Ian, uh, welcome. Thanks so much. Great to be here. So let's talk about the Montreal Canadiens. They weren't supposed to even be in the playoffs, but now they are. And not only did they make the playoffs in the 2014 format, they beat the best seed in the qualifying round, the Pittsburgh Penguins, and now they are going to play the Philadelphia Flyers. What were your thoughts on this series? I think it's just amazing. It's great to have uh, Montreal in it again. I mean, Montreal loves the Habs. The Habs are just the greatest thing in Montreal, and all the fans are – I mean, the games are always sold out. And to the people in Montreal, this is great. It would be great, obviously, if COVID wasn't there and people could participate and be in the games, which would be really, really exciting. Downtown Montreal on St. Catherine Street just goes crazy and wild. But, um, you know, even now being at home, the fans are loyal, and this is just a great thing for Montreal and really hope uh, we can bring the Cup back to Canada because the Cup has not been in Canada in a long, long time. Well, even if there was no COVID, the Montreal Canadiens wouldn't have been in the playoffs. Uh, do you think that the, the Montreal Canadiens are a legitimate team in the playoffs, even though they wouldn't have actually been in them? if it wasn't for this 2014 qualifying round? Well, as you said, they beat Pittsburgh. So if they beat Pittsburgh, which is supposed to be the greatest team, then obviously Montreal really, really deserves to be there. Now, let's talk about the series specifically. We didn't know if the Montreal Canadiens could do it. The one factor was Carey Price for the Montreal Canadiens. He was a fantastic in the series, 
But besides Carey Price, what other factors uh, helped the Canadians beat the Habs? Uh, made the Canadians be able to beat the Pittsburgh Penguins? I think it's a young team, an energetic team, and I think they're hungry. I mean, being led by Shea Weber and, you know, Suzuki is just young blood and young excitement. And I think together with the energy and the determination and the drive, I mean, they have the hunger. You did not see the hunger in Pittsburgh. You saw the hunger in Montreal. And if that hunger continues, um, just like, you know, you've seen a lot of series. Look at last year with the Blue Jackets in Tampa Bay. I mean, you see that hunger in, in teams like that, in young teams. And I think Montreal, although it's, you know, an original six team and it's been around for a long time, there's young blood, young excitement, and, and a lot of energy. Now, what about Alexis Lefanier? He is French-Canadian. We The Montreal Canadiens and the fan base really wanted Alexis Lafreniere. Um, they were hoping that, you know, they're going to get him in the draft lottery. Uh, we're going to find out tonight if they what team will get the number one pick. But we know it's not going to be the Montreal Canadiens because they beat Pittsburgh even if they don't beat Philly, is this a better option making the playoffs and, and not getting Lafreniere? Uh, or would you have rather gone Lafreniere um, but not made it past the qualifying round? You know, you got to live for today and you got to have that drive to go after the cup. That's what it's all about. For a chance of maybe, maybe, maybe you're going to win. I mean, it's like going and getting a scratch lotto ticket or playing in uh, Canada. They play uh, 649 or Powerball in the States. I mean, it, it's just a lotto. And uh, I, I think that they did the right thing. I think they're an exciting team. And and let's look. Let's see what happens with Philadelphia. They may really, really uh, show everybody uh, what they're really made out of. I mean, that is a possibility. But Philadelphia, one of the hottest teams in the NHL right now. They're the number one seed. They played fantastic in the bubble so far in the round robin and uh, in their exhibition game. Do you really see an opportunity for them to beat the number one seed? Well, if we were talking several weeks ago, you would have said the same thing to me about Pittsburgh, and look what happened. So <laughs> I really think, you know, let's not, let's not jump the gun here. Let's give them a chance, and let's hope for the best. So, but one of the most aggressive teams in the league is the Philadelphia Flyers. What is the key for the Montreal Canadiens uh, on a fan's perspective to be able to, to beat them? Well, they've got to show them who's boss. They've got to be able to, to, to check and to uh, really get aggressive with them. They need to show them that they're not going to stand for it. And Montreal has the skill and uh, I think they're going to do it. I really do. So with every fan uh, that we've had on the show recently, let's hear who you think can come and win the cup. Besides the Montreal Canadiens, because that's the team you're representing and the fan, and that you're part of their fan base. Name one other team from the East you think uh, could really make a run for it, and name two from the West that you think could make a run for it. I think in. I'll start with the West because I think it's easier. I, I really see Vegas. Um, I just think that it's a fantastic organization, and I think they're really strong. I think Vegas, from from the top management to to the youngest rookie, they really, really have a great organization, and I think that they're going to really, really shine. 
Um, you know, I, I think that on the East, you know, if you're looking for a young, hungry team, I see the Blue Jackets. If you're looking for someone who's been around, you know, Tampa is really strong as well. And I guess we're going to see when the Blue Jackets play the Tampa, I think maybe one, whoever wins that, I think that's a key, key game. And I think whoever wins that may just take it for the East. All right, uh, Ian, thank you so much uh, for coming on. And uh, we'll see what happens with the Habs who play the Philadelphia Flyers starting Wednesday. Thanks very much. It was great being here, and I really enjoy uh, your podcast and have listened to a lot of the episodes. Thanks so much. Thank you. Our next fan reaction uh, interview is with Jadon Beard. Uh, he is from Columbus, Ohio, and he is a Columbus Blue Jackets fan. Um, so, Jadon, uh, thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Zach, for having me. So let me ask you, first reactions, uh, the Blue Jackets and Toronto go to a game five. What were your thoughts on this series and that game? Um, well, the series, I think it was a very competitive series out of all the series that uh, took place in the both bubbles. Um, there weren't really any blowouts, which I like to see. It was very competitive. Um, going into game five, you know, it was a very disappointing way to end out um, game four. But I had uh, I had confidence in the Blue Jackets uh, and winning that game. I said two to one. They ended up winning three zero. So yeah. I was close. And what about the nerves at the end? At, the Blue Jackets are now up two zero with under a minute left. Toronto pulls their goalie. You don't want a repeat of what happened in Game Four. What were your thoughts going into that final minute of the game? Um, that we won the game. Uh, Oh, you were already uh, confident then. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I was nervous uh, at no point during that game. Um, I think that uh, we, we didn't lose that game. Game four, I think we learned that game. You know, you can lose or you can learn. And I think we learned a valuable lesson to, uh, that the, you know, the game's not over till it's over. And I, I don't think we would have a repeat of game four and game five. And now let's talk about the Blue Jackets goaltender situation a little bit. We have... Jonas Corposalo and Elvis Merzlikens. Obviously, in Game 5, Elvis Merzlikens is unfit to play, so he can't play. But what did you think about the goaltenders uh, in this series? And if Elvis Merzlikens can't play against the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, who would you put in, Corby or Elvis? I think Corposalo is the, uh, the more solid goalie. I don't think he was pulled because um, the lack of his play. Yeah. I think it was just, you know, to give the team a, a boost. But... Um, I think both goalies are very solid, but I, I'd go with Corpus Allo again. And what were your feelings about the Columbus Blue Jackets and their offense? I mean, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Columbus Blue Jackets were two poor opposite teams. You have the Columbus Blue Jackets, the, one of the most defensive teams in the league, and the Toronto Maple Leafs, one of the most offensive. Um, everyone was worried about the Blue Jackets on their offense, but they turned out to have a lot of goals. Um, who was their star player there? And how do you think the Blue Jackets can even get better on that offense against Tampa now? Who was who who is better on uh, Toronto or the Blue Jackets? The Blue Jackets. Uh, you know, I liked how um, I liked how Texier played a lot, very aggressive. Uh, you know, I've been a Texier fan since day one. Yeah. But um, Dubois stepped it up after getting uh, verbally assaulted on the bench. <laughs> I then, yeah. 
Yeah, and then um, I'd like to see out more out of Cam Atkinson. So I think he is a he's a veteran of the game, and um, I'd like to see him step up more in, in our uh, uh, opening round of the playoffs. My Very pick, well, I guess. My my pick would also be Oliver Bjorkstrand. Uh, he had zero points in the whole series, and he was pretty good in the Tampa series last year. Um, but now let's move on from Toronto, unless you have any final thoughts on that series. Um, but what are your thoughts on the Tampa Bay Lightning? We played them last year. We swept them. They're a little similar to what they were last year. Obviously, they don't have Steven Stamkos. And tomorrow on game day, we're going to find out if Victor Hedman can play or not. But he seems to be injured. Is this a similar series? And how do you think the Blue Jackets will do against the number two seed this year, the Tampa Bay Lightning, in a rematch? Well, you know, I believe that uh, last year is last year. And they might watch some film on that, but I don't think they'll be studying those games, you know, too much because it's a, you know, a new year. And I'm sure Tampa Bay does not want to get swept again and they're going to go into the yeah. game, you know, playing their hearts out. So I think it'll be another very low scoring um, series. Well, this one wasn't really low scoring, but I think it'll be more low scoring. And um, if we can shut down, uh, you know, their top players like we did uh, against uh, Toronto, I think we could see um, a lot of success. And now let's talk about the special teams for the Columbus Blue Jackets. In the series against the Toronto Maple Leafs, they didn't have one power play goal. Um, and the Maple Leafs only had three five-on-five goals. And the rest of their goals were either on the power play or on a six-on-five when they pulled their goaltender. Going into the Tampa series, how can the Blue Jackets improve their power play? And how do you think, from a fan's perspective, that they can get better on the penalty kill, even though their penalty kill is a very good kill, penalty kill? Um, well, yeah, the penalty kill, you know, I think, I think it was pretty solid. You know, we had the, um, we had the Austin Matthews goal, too, uh, in the game, in game four. But um, other than that, I think it was pretty solid. But I think on the power play, I think we just got to get more pucks to the net. You know, there's a lot, a lot of passing, a lot of too much passing and kind of holding on to the puck for a little too long. And I think that's even on the five on five. But I think a lot more shots to the net and uh, getting getting dirty goals because we didn't have too many skill goals. Yeah. So now now that we're done with the Columbus Blue Jackets, Toronto Maple Leafs, Tampa Bay Lightning, what I like to do uh, with all of the fans that are giving the reactions on uh, after this qualifying round, Besides your team, the Columbus Blue Jackets, give me one more that you think could make a run for it in the East and give me two teams you think will meet in the conference final in the West and who you think from the West can uh, come out. So you said the East and the West? Yeah, one from the East, two from the West. I think uh, I think it'll be the winner of the uh, Blue Jackets or um, Tampa series. It'll come out and uh, represent the East. Really? Okay. And then, yeah, and then for the West, I'm just focused on the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's all that okay. matters to me. All right. Well, Jadon, uh, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, Zach. You're welcome. So after going from a fan from Columbus and a Columbus Blue Jackets fan, we now move to the losing side of the Columbus-Toronto series. We go to Thurman Zarek, who lives in Toronto, Ontario, and is a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Thurman, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. So uh, let's start. 
talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, obviously, we knew when the Columbus Blue Jackets and Toronto Maple Leafs were going to play the series that this was going probably to go to Game 5 like it did. It was going to mm-hmm. be a tight series. Most One of the most offensive teams, one of the most defensive teams. Yeah. Toronto couldn't get it through. They got shut out twice this series. What were your thoughts on this series, point blank? Um, well, to start off, it was a you know it was a great series uh, for both teams. Um, of course, you know a better outcome for one of them. Yeah. Um, but it was great. It was a great turn. It was um, you know, it was great to watch, and you know, both both teams are great. Um, of course, here today, I'm. You know, I'm going to be talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs and, you know, a couple thoughts that I have of, you know, what uh, we, what we can do, what went wrong in the series and what we can do to go forward. But overall, I think, you know, you do have to give them credit over, you know, a four-month period of, you know, no hockey mm-hmm. and, you know, staying inside. It's difficult to, you know, have a whole reset and, you know, go back to the environment as before. Um, so, I, you know, I do give them credit. Um, there, um, but it was pretty good, you know. Overall, it was uh, it was fun to watch. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was good. Go going into this series, did you have full confidence in the Leafs? Um, I did not. No, <laughs> um, unfortunately, uh, I love the I love the Toronto Maple Leafs. I've uh, I've always been a, a very large fan, as I you know I do live in Toronto. I love the team. Very very proud supporter. Um, but I think, you know, maybe, you know, as some other <clears throat> fans of, you know, different sports teams can understand is, you know, after so long without, you know, playing their sport that they love, it's difficult to, you know, jump right back in. So initially I didn't have, you know, the most confidence, you know, that I, of course, the confidence that I should have had in, uh, you know, in my team. And I guess, you know, the, our first loss uh, our first game, uh, three nothing to you know the Blue Jackets definitely did not uh, help my um, my op- my optimism for their uh, their chances to come out on top. And was some of that confidence going back to the Bruins losses in the past, or was just focused on last year? I mean, on the break. Well, of course, you know, our, our Leafs, uh, and I've seen it uh, around quite a few times, uh, our Leafs um, not making the playoffs, you know, losing in the first round, it's, uh, it all seems like... Right, so I think, you know, at this point, Leafs fans, it's, uh, you know, it's deja vu. We've seen this one before. Um, and, of course, I give great credit to the Columbus Blue Jackets. They're truly an amazing team, and they really showed it this year in the in the, uh, in the season. Um, but it's difficult, uh, because of course, every year they say, you know, every year's a new year and, you know, we're going to go forward mm-hmm. with a, you know, better attitude. So I think it's difficult. I think it's difficult to say, um, we've seen it before. So to me, it wasn't uh, a huge surprise. wasn't a shocker. Um, but, you know, hopefully next year will be different. Now let's talk about games three and four. You're riding okay. high on game three. The yep. Leafs are up 3-0 in the, 
And just like the Tampa series last year in game one of the Columbus Blue Jackets, Tampa series last year, the Blue Jackets overcome a three-goal deficit. The Leafs blow a three-goal lead. And it yep. was really hard for the Leafs. And then yeah, absolutely. And it's a back-to-back. So then we go to game four. The Blue Jackets are on the verge of eliminating the Columbus uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. They're up 3-0. Four minutes left in the game, and the Leafs come back, and they win it in overtime. What a crazy 48 hours was that. And just yeah. tell me your feelings through Seriously. those two games. I mean, it was just insane. Um. Well, of course, game four, you know, that was, I, I saw on like an odds today and the chances of that happening, it's one in, I don't know, 140,000, but, um, you know, of course it was cool. It, you know, it was, it was, it was very, it, it was, it was so exciting to watch because, you know, it's something like that that you don't see often, a comeback. Um, of course, the Blue Jackets had it the night before. Um, but they were exciting to watch. They were fun. Um, you know, for the Blue Jackets, they, you know, they outplayed. And, um, you know. And sorry, what, I, sorry, I lost my train of thought. No, no problem. Uh, so, when we're talking about Game 5, the Boston Bruins and the Toronto Maple Leafs were in tons of games of seven. The, the Leafs have experience with that. Elimination game. The this was the fir- Blue Jackets' first winner go home winner takes all game, um, for everything. So, right. Why didn't that experience take place? And what do you think happened in that game? I know Leafs fans and you like to people blame everyone. Where did it go wrong for the Leafs in this series? Was it the power play? Was it the five on five play? Anderson, you, you know where did it go wrong? I know you lost. Um, Jake Muzzin uh, from when he was down on that stretcher but yeah you know it, it has to be something went wrong somewhere um, and where do you think that is um, well of course there's you know there's multiple places that you know fingers can be pointed to um, you know and a lot of people I understand you know a lot of you know fingers will be pointed towards Freddie Anderson for you know, of course, the um, foodie goal, the foodie goal. And, you know, it was, uh, it was an unfortunate goal. And just, you know, in my eyes, I can see that the defense wasn't was not there. on. No, well, clearly no one, wasn't there at all. No one was there. Yep. Um, and, you know, he walked right in, come wrap around the boards and come and you shot it in. Um, so, of course, a lot of people will be, you know, putting a lot of things toward Freddie, but. Sheldon Keefe, um, towards the end of game four, put together, you know, as he liked to call, the desperation line or the, or the money, money line. line. Yeah. So, you know, you come into game five and you have a money line, as he likes to call it. And he decided to leave them together, which clearly resulted in, you know, a bit of a hodgepodge lineup, you know, in that group's wake. And, you know, if you don't score any goals... Yeah. Right. You can't necessarily blame this one on the goaltender because if you don't score, you're not going to win hockey games. Yeah. Right. A, a defense is extremely important. Don't get me wrong. We didn't have Jake Muzzin. Riley was pretty good. Of course, Riley was on the uh, the money line, um, which of course he showed. You know, in the end of Game Four, um, you know clearly 
you know, we saw, or sorry, just the end of game two, we saw, you know, money line. Didn't have the money line there, but, you know, he showed some great, uh, <clears throat> some great offense at the, you know, at the point. Um, but despite that, you know, it definitely has to be, you know, the, the super line that was, uh, you know, that was apparently so super, you know, clearly couldn't put it together. You know, you got all-stars, Austin Matthews, John Tavares. Uh, I'm going to leave uh, Marner out of this one, unfortunately, <laughs> um, for reasons I feel some people do know. Um, but Austin Matthews, John Tavares, right? If you have a line like that, you should be able to create, you know, you know an uneven offense towards, mm-hmm. you know, a defender. And unfortunately, they just, you know, they couldn't get it together. Yeah, that, what, uh, yeah, one thing to talk about that money line uh, with John Tavares, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. I know you didn't want it, but I just want to let the listeners at home, Mitch Marner's part of that line as well. I thought in game five, of course, that was their best line. I thought the other three lines were horrible. Um, and that was the only line that was generating offense for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then halfway at the third period, when they're in desperation mode, Keith breaks up that line, which I thought was interesting um, when that was their only good line of the game. Mm-hmm. And final question, one of the final questions here is, after riding this disappointment, you know as a Toronto Maple Leaf fan, I'm 16, right? So for all of the years I've been alive, the Toronto Maple Leafs haven't made it past the first round. And I'm not trying to rub right. that in. I, I'm just asked, putting that out there to say where they didn't get Leffenier. What happens now? And what can the Maple Leafs do? As a fan's perspective, what can they do to try and get past that first round? Um, well, multiple things. Um, the first thing that comes to mind for me is an attitude change within the organization itself. Uh, the second thing will be Kyle Dubas. Um, you know, a lot of people will start to look at Kyle Dubas and, you know, the moves he's going to make. Mm-hmm. He looked um, really sad during the draft lottery today, if you yeah. saw him. Yeah. And, um, you know, I guess we'll see Shanahan's um, decisions, you know, of course, coming after this season. Um, but to me, it's an attitude change. And um, my dad and I talked a little bit about this, where – you know, it's it's clearly an ongoing um, an ongoing um, end to the season. You can see, last fifteen seasons, it has either been lost in the first round or missed the playoffs completely. I think you know some of the players, you know, and of course, I'm just talking about my opinion here. I think some of the players forget about the game that they you know grew up playing. Mm-hmm. They forget about you know the game that I'm not saying they don't love it. But I feel as, you know, some of the players are getting so attached with how they're being paid and what they're being paid. Mm-hmm. You know, just the William Nylander situation, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Luckily enough, he came back. He had a great season in the post in the um, in the playoffs. Or sorry, pre postseason, um, he was pretty good, um, creating chances, um, capitalizing on chances. But I think, you know, they, there needs to be an attitude, attitude change in the locker room that they're there as winners. They need to be winners. They have an entire fan base that's, you know, looking for them. Um, and they want, we want to see them late. Mm-hmm. And we want to see them deep in the race. 
or high up in the race for the Stanley Cup. And, you know, as a Toronto fan, it's disappointing when you see it yet again. You know, year after year, it's the same outcome. Um, and then the same questions are asked, but, you know, they're not dealt with. So yeah. the question I ask is what's going to be different than this offseason as, you know, the ones prior? Yeah. Well, we're going to find out. Uh, we're going to see if Toronto, what they do with Freddie Anderson, I imagine they keep him. Maybe if they get a, another backup, maybe they get Lundqvist, you know, so, some insurance with that. Maybe they'll yep. do something with their defense. But when you're talking about mindset and the attitude, Sheldon Keefe is still new on the team. He hasn't had a whole season. So we'll see if something changes next year. We see the attitude, and when you look, talking about mindset, you look at the Columbus Blue Jackets who the Maple Leafs played. I mean, Tortorella engraves a mindset in their heads, especially during that Tampa series last year. Um, but obviously, we'll see what happens with the Leafs. You know, after 16 years, I think they really need a wake up call to see what they have to do. Um, you know, I don't think it was a huge surprise. I really think that the series could have gone either way. Um, but, you know, I, yeah, I think that I think that the Leafs uh, will have to do some thinking. Um, but Thurman, what I've done with every other fan uh, on here that's given their reactions, we've always asked, well, since the Leafs aren't in the playoffs anymore, give me two teams from the East you can you think could make a cup run. Give me two teams from the West. Um, two teams from the East. Um, well, in my mind, uh, I have the Capitals. Um, and, you know, you can see the Penguins were uh, eliminated. Um, you know, I, I, not to jump on the bandwagon, as some people would say, you know, I, I would consider the Bruins, um, the Capitals, you know, moreover. Um, but my two teams from the East, at least, would be the Bruins and Capitals. Um, and then from the West, it's difficult. Um, from the West, I would, I would put the, uh, sorry, I would probably put the Blues up there. Mm-hmm. Defending Stanley um, Cup champions, yeah. Yeah, and um, my second team, I'm not so sure. I've seen good things from the Avalanche this year mm-hmm. um, in the regular season. Um, and sorry, one more team, I would, I, I, of course, I would, you know. As, Vegas. Yeah. Uh, not Vegas, but I, would, not I Vegas. of course, I would add the Blue Jackets. They had a great oh, regular okay. season. I'll take it. Their, goaltend- their goaltending has been spectacular. Yeah. and. You know, overall, they see. You know, they they have a pretty sound system. Um, just looking at the Toronto Maple Leafs, you know, just to critique a couple things that you know I've heard when talking to friends is, uh, first off, our power play, our power play plan. You know, in in my mind, and as I've you know watched the games, it doesn't work. Right, we've seen the puck and drop it back to either the centerman or the right winger, which would usually be Austin Matthews or Marner, mm-hmm. and then they bring it into the zone. Right now, looking at it, of course, I'm not the coach. I don't make these decisions. I just, you know, I just watch from, you know, and I read on the, you know, analysis of the games and watch the games. It doesn't work. We're draining our time. And it's easy for teams to watch footage and see how, you know, of course, we conduct our play. We don't change it up. Every game is almost the same thing. 
And, uh, and I've watched a lot of Leafs games this year. I've watched almost all, like all 82 of them. And, well, as uh, much you know, as the season could resume, yeah. There was, all yeah. 82 was about almost all of them. Um, and it's, you know, in, in my eyes, and Sheldon Keefe came in in a bit of a difficult situation. Um, but I, 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 in my eyes, I, I think it was the right one. Um, and I think he, you know, he made a positive change and I think they got to give him a little bit more time. Um, but I definitely, and definitely an attitude change game plan, um, many things on the list that need to be changed. But, um, of course that, that starts from the top, Uh Shanahan, Kyle Dubas, a lot of decisions to make it. It'll be, you know, Lee, this is where Leafs fans really want to know what, you know, where they, you know, where they really can make their moves. Yeah, and we'll find out. I, I mean, one thing to note before I let you go is that John Tortorella had his pregame press conference for the Tampa Bay Lightning today, and he came to Sheldon Keefe's defense um, because he's been hearing a lot of things from the Toronto media blaming him uh, for everything, and Tortorella said, "Don't blame him. It's not his fault. He's." They're good. He's a good guy. They're good coaching staff. So that was something I thought was really interesting. Um, but Thurman, thank you so much uh, for coming on. I really appreciate it. And um, thank you. Absolutely. Thanks. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And um, it was awesome to speak with you about uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs and um, the series itself. Yep. And we'll see what happens with them in the future. Thanks. Okay. Thank you so much. So our next fan reaction is our only friend from a round robin team instead of the qualifying round. His name is Ben Gordon. He is from Ellicott City, Maryland, and he is a Washington Capitals fan. Now, Ben, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Of course. So let's talk about the Caps. They were the third seed coming into their bubble uh, in the East, and they're now the third seed uh, going into the playoffs. What are your thoughts on their round robin performance? Honestly, I thought they'd do much better. They did really, really poorly, especially against the Flyers. The game was horrible. They had so many defensive breakdowns, especially that one goal where it was just a tap-in. I didn't watch too too much of the games, but from what I saw, it was poor. They weren't, I think they were pretty rusty being off for so long. But I feel like having played those four games now, they're going to be good for when they play the Islanders. Yeah, the Islanders, that's going to be a fun series to watch. But let's talk about the round robin a little bit more. Because one thing we didn't really see is the Capitals are known for their power play. I mean, when you have Alex Ovechkin in his his office getting those one-timers all the time, you're usually bound to score. But the the Capitals really didn't have that many power play goals. Uh, So how can the... Capitals fix that power play going in against a really defensive team in the Islanders? Um, Hopefully, John Carlson, who is great on the power play, will be back. I think our power play was bad in the round robin because John Carlson was out. He missed three games. got hurt in the Carolina game. And they replaced him with Orlov, who is – Orlov's a great player, but he can't do what John Carlson does on the power play. The power play was not good. They couldn't set up. They couldn't get it to Ovi. They weren't playing like they usually do. So if John Carlson doesn't come back, I mean, he is one of the Norris Trophy candidates this year. How can the Washington Capitals bounce back to make sure that even without 
that one really good player that they can still beat the Islanders. I think they need to find a really good replacement for John Carlson, whether that's Orlov or another player, and really work with Orlov and incorporate him into the power play. Because I feel like the Caps power play is like a set five guys, and they're all really good with each other. And bringing in another guy who hasn't practiced the power play with the first line might mess things up a little bit. But besides the power play, I mean, yes, that's a big part of the Washington Capitals game, but the Islanders really don't take that many penalties. So how do we, how would the Washington Capitals make sure, how can they up their five-on-five play? I think they need to capitalize on odd man rushes. A lot of times, they weren't really capitalizing on them. They were taking bad shots, making bad passes. They need to convert on those three-on-two, two-on-one situations. And on that five-on-five play, are they really in trouble without John Carlson, or do you think that their D is still in good position with their depth? I think their D is still is still good without John Carlson. And uh, the power play. And how does their coach? I mean, last year when you guys won the cup, you had Barry Trotz, and now he's with the Islanders. He's going to be, uh, you know, he won the cup with the with the Capitals, and now he's going to be with the Islanders. How do you think that series is going to work? And do you think the new coach for the Washington Capitals can really outplay uh, Barry Schrotz? I think we definitely can, but it's going to be really interesting to play our previous coach in a series. I think he, he'll know a lot of the stuff we do, and he'll have ways to counter it. And I think the Caps just need to get some good practices in, get, get prepared, because the Islanders are not an easy team to beat. So what is the key to the series uh, from a fan's perspective, what do the Washington Capitals have to do to be able to beat the New York Islanders? They need to create more scoring opportunities. And how, where, does it, where does that come from? From the power play, from the penalty kill, five-on-five five play? I think odd man rushes. They need to draw penalties, get on the power play, get some, get some OV slap one-timers in. Yeah, so what, what are your thoughts on the rest of the league? What have you thought about the bubble? Obviously, what were your thoughts also on the round robin? Do you think that it's fair that the Washington Capitals who weren't playing in a real series are now going to be playing the Islanders who did have that playoff spot? Or do you think that the round robin was good enough to give the Capitals that push to be able to be an equal playing field for the Islanders series? I think it's equal, but the Islanders have like a different experience having played the same team multiple times mm-hmm. the caps have now played four different teams and i think i think the whole the whole bubble experience has been really cool i enjoyed watching almost like what, five games a day mm-hmm. for a whole week it was really entertaining i'm really glad the blue jackets won i'm happy for you yeah hopefully they can uh get past the second round so I've been asking everyone, all the fans that have been coming on the podcast, who do you feel to, you can name one or two from the West, and since the Capitals are in the East, give me one other from the East uh, that you think could really make a run for it in the Cup. Let me pull up my uh, bracket I made. I think definitely in the West, uh, Vegas. Vegas is like a powerhouse. I have them. Okay, so my bracket, did you even do a bracket? You can, go, you can say your racket if you'd like oh, to the did, listeners. Did, did you? Did you make one? I have not yet. I'm yeah, gonna, I've, 
You'll hear have, it later in the show. I have Vegas and the Caps playing each other in the final, a rematch. Okay, and uh, who do you think uh, is going to come through? Do you think your Caps can do it, or do you of think course, this is Vegas? Of is course. Here? I have no doubt in the Caps. They're going all, all right. the way again. Well, that's what uh, we like to hear from fans. I, I don't hear many fans that doubt their franchise besides maybe some Toronto Maple Leafs fans. But, um, Ben, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And uh, can't wait to see what the Caps can do in the future and in this playoffs. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks. I already previewed uh, today's games on QWHQ score recap yesterday, but I want to include that in today's episode so you have a good understanding of what is going to happen today in round one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, So let's replay that for you right now. Starting at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on NBCSN and Sportsnet, we have the Columbus Blue Jackets seed 7 and the Tampa Bay Lightning seed 2. Wow, this is a rematch for the ages. This is going to be really, really exciting. Um, You know... This year, Tampa's not going to be surprised by the Columbus Blue Jackets, but I still think it's going to be a really tight series. And tomorrow on Quarantine HQ's uh, regular episode, I'm going to give my predictions and my picks for all of the rounds, but I'm just previewing the game specifically, not the, the series. So for this game, I think that the Columbus Blue Jackets will probably play Corpus Solo because we don't have an update on Elvis vs. Leakins, and Corpus Solo is hot right now. Um, we, Victor Hedman, we don't have an update on him at this time. Steven Stamkos is not expected to play game one. So this is a good chance for the Blue Jackets to get the first game in their hand and continue their hot streak. The Lightning have had a rough round robin. The Blue Jackets are riding high after beating Toronto uh, yesterday. So, and they only have a one day break. So it's going to be, the Blue Jackets are definitely going to have the momentum on their side. They're going to want to get that first goal. And I think if the Tampa Bay Lightning want to game, win game one, they're going to have to slow Columbus down, be great defensively as well without Victor Hedman if he doesn't play, get their offense going, get that first goal to take the momentum away from the Blue Jackets. Now, another key for the Blue Jackets is you see when they take less than three penalties in the game, they usually win the game in the se- in at least in the qualifying round so far. So if they don't take that many penalties, they're going to win the game. Uh, So I think that that's a really important thing because you do not want to give a fire-hot Tampa Bay Lightning with a great power play the opportunity. The next game is the Boston Bruins versus the Carolina Hurricanes. They will be playing at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, NBCSN and CBC in Canada, and of course on Sportsnet as well. Now the Boston Bruins seed number four, the Carolina Hurricanes seed number five. This is going to be a heck of a series. I think Carolinas, they're riding high. The Boston Bruins haven't won a game uh, in the bubble so far, so they're going to want to come out uh, flying and look for that momentum. Uh, Carolina definitely has the momentum, so Boston will want to score first to try and take the momentum away from the Carolina Hurricanes. Tuka Rask has struggled recently. He's going to want to find his game back. Um, I don't know who's going to play for the Hurricanes. Reimer had a really good... uh, game last time in game three um so we'll see how he if he plays or Mrazek does but we don't know at this time um but i'm excited to see this one 
And I think if Boston, they really got to get their power play going if they want to beat the Hurricanes in Game 1. But it's a best of 7 now, so there's more leeway of if you lose Game 1, it's not the biggest deal. Um, but, you know, it's still an important game, and I'm excited to see that one. In the Western Conference, our first game is uh, going to be at 5.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, NBCSN, CBC, and Sportsnet in Canada. Now, this is the Dallas Stars versus the Calgary Flames. Dallas Stars 3, Flames 6. This is pretty exciting here. Um, I think Dallas Stars have struggled, and the Flames were looking good against an injury-plagued Winnipeg Jets. Um, so I'm excited to see how this one works out. Um, but, you know, that that's just the way it goes. And I really don't know what to feel with this one. I don't know if the Dallas Stars can pull it off, and I don't know if the Flames can pull it off either. Um, so I think first goal is key. Goaltending will be key. I think Hudobin is good for the Dallas Stars, but he hasn't had a great round robin. Um, so I'm excited to see how this one plays out. And the last one is the number one seed versus the eight seed of the Chicago Blackhawks. The Vegas Gold Knights will be home. Uh, well, they'll be at least wearing their home jerseys. It'll be at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, NBCSN, in the U.S., and Sportsnet in Canada. The Gold Knights definitely have the edge in the series, but we saw how the Chicago Blackhawks played. They are ready to go, and I don't know what coach Peter Dubois is going to put in net. I don't know if they're going to put... Um, I don't know if they're going to put in Fleury or Leonard. They both have played really well. I think Leonard's played really well as well. Um, Fleury's had a few chances as well. They, they've won all their games in the bubble. So I, I think they're looking really good. I don't know who they're going to play. Um, but, you know, Chicago, they're looking good with Crawford. They're looking good with Kubalik and Taze and Kane. It's going to be a pretty fun series to watch. I, I don't think... I don't think uh, Vegas is going to have trouble winning this series, but I think that Chicago will give them, will at least get a few games because they're going to really come up offensively, in my opinion, for a few games. But I'm excited to see how all these games turn out. Make sure you watch them. And if you don't, don't worry. I'll recap for, for you. I'll recap them all for you on August 12th um, and preview. I'll preview the ones happening that day as well. On QWHQ score recap. Um, that's all there is uh, to preview today. I hope you enjoyed that recap of the qualifying round with the Vegas Gold Knights TV voice, Dave Gosher. Uh, it was great to have him back on, and uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed the NHL news segment and especially the fan reaction. Uh, I thank all of the fans, Thurman, Ben, Ian, Jaden, Andrew, thank you all so much for coming on the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. And I always want to hear from fans um, from across the hockey community about their teams and what they're feeling. So thank you guys for coming on. Um, we're going to have QWHQ School Recap tomorrow, uh, t recapping uh, the g game ones of the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And we'll also be re previewing um, game ones as well that would be happening 
on Wednesday. So make sure you follow us on social media on Twitter at HockeyHQ Podcast, Instagram and Facebook at Quarantine Hockey HQ. Send us a voice message on anchor.fm slash Quarantine Hockey HQ. And of course, uh, if this is your first Quarantine Hockey HQ episode, welcome to the Quarantine Hockey HQ family. Make sure to listen to past episodes on your favorite listening platform. My name is Zachary Rodier. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks.